how should we design learning experiences that are engaging and relevant for our students? Great. Um, well, I'm going to start with engaging first because I think that they're two separate things. Um, but I think that engaging has to do with interest driven, mm -hmm. uh, passion driven, uh, and also uh, kind of pushing us outside the box, you know, thinking about the, the greater good, right? A global perspective. I feel like so often to, in today's society we see, oh, this is being done because I want this or I want that instead of we need mm. or this is a problem that we have that we'd like to solve. Um, you know, some of the biggest impacts to me have been videos like the Great Pacific Plastic Garbage Patch. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. No, it's a, please tell yeah, me. It's basically a garbage patch in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's technically an island, but the trash is congregating there because of the currents. And it's all mainly plastics, because plastic is a substance that never goes away. Right. And they're now starting to find, they call them, I think, plasticlomerates. And it's where the plastics are being broken down because they're um, being eaten by fish or whatever, and, and they're into small pieces, but they never disappear. And then I think with the combination of the ocean and the sun, heat from the sun, they're coming together with sand and rocks and forming rocks in themselves. And they're, it's, they're made of this plastics. And um, I see things like these documentaries that talk about what the fish eat and what the birds eat. And they find these birds, albatross, and the, the largest population of albatross is in the Pacific Ocean. And the albatross in the Pacific Ocean are ingesting more plastic than they are with normal food. What does that mean for long-term sustainability for our planet? You know, how does that affect it? The bee collapse, the bee colony, uh, colony collapse. You know those sorts of problems. Why are these things happening, and what impact do we have on them as humans? And so you think that's a problem of engagement that we're not solving these problems because our kids are not engaged? Well, yeah, I think that I don't think that it's not that we're solving not solving those problems because our kids aren't engaged. I think that we're looking at the wrong things. We're looking at well, how come our kids aren't proficient in math or they aren't proficient in reading and writing versus instead, here's a, a massive problem that nobody really has answers to. We have scientists around the world working on it. What if we took this issue in front of students and asked them to think about it and asked them to work on it? They would probably uh, be engaged with higher levels of reading and writing skills and mathematical skills, et cetera, all these things that we want. If we didn't so much focus on those things and, and shoving it, versus let's talk about these problems in the world or let's talk about these things that are occurring in the real world. And it may not be one of those, maybe something from their community, something smaller. And those things will then bring with them the skills to read and write proficiently, the skills to be mathematically proficient, the skills to communicate proficiently, all of those things. So do you see uh, being engaged and, and relevant as being problem solvers? Yes, being problem solvers and you know, I understand we have to have the standards. Standards are very important. How can we take those issues, those real world issues or the community issues or issues that we know exist within APS students' lives because we know the demographics of the district. How can we take those issues and say, okay, where can the standards help us address these issues mm. in helping learning with students? Because they're gonna be much more engaged. I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, uh, seventh grade, I missed more days of school than I was in school. And I was a single parent family, so they tried to get a hold of my mom, but couldn't. She was working a lot. And I would come home from school. I rode the public transportation. I would come home and erase the message off the answering machine, right, the tape. And 
my day consisted of getting on the public transportation and riding around the city and exploring different places and things. Now, did that make me a less proficient reader and writer? No, because I had to learn to navigate a public transportation system. I had to learn to navigate a city, right? And I had to learn how to be able to calculate different times. And so that, to me, was much more engaging because I was learning in the real world and exploring all kinds of different things than sitting in a classroom with a textbook and reading things that I had no interest in or I couldn't make connections with. Do you believe that schools and classrooms as they currently exist are not representative of the real world? Very seldom. I think there are, but I think it takes a rare educator to do that, to, to replicate the real world. I think that um, I could speak also from it. As a first-year teacher many years ago, I lived and died by the curriculum and the worksheets because that's what was given me. I thought, oh, this is the way to do it. This is going to make it easy. Give these worksheets, they'll do it, I'll grade it, give it back to them, we're done. But I found at the end of the year, I was worn out, I uh, was disengaged, I felt depressed because the students were disengaged. And so I, the next year I said, forget it. I said, I'm just going to take the standards and I'm going to find experiences that the students can engage in, designing a park. And we have to learn about geometry, so let's make the park all geometrical shapes. And you have your own design of the park, and each you have to include uh, one of each shape, but you have to talk about perimeter and area of those shapes and why those shapes work in the park, etc. Do you think it's sufficient for you to define those problems for kids? Because you're saying, and it's no longer the assignment where it's the word problem about designing the park, it's the project about designing the park. How is that different than sort of, well, it's, it's not designing the park, it's sort of doing these problems uh, in, in a book. How do you see that as, as different, um, as fundamentally different? Uh, because there's real world connections, right? We have these connections of, you can have some real world connections in a book, but for the most part it's very rote, right? You have this procedural aspect to it versus a conceptual aspect. The city of Aurora wants to build a park. We need to design a park. We're going to have a design contest. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that I come up with or a teacher comes up with. Maybe the students come, come up with it. You know, here we need to learn about these shapes. Where do you see these shapes? How would you see them being used? What are their significance in your world? And having students come back with those ideas and, and learning more about those because then it's interest-driven, it's passion-driven, right? And it's relevant to their world, making those connections. There's been research done about our brains that when we can make connections to previous knowledge or to our personal experience, mm -hmm. we anchor that learning, right? Versus I think when we're seeing instruction in classrooms traditionally, it's here's a textbook, or we're going to go on our on this certain website, and we're going to look at these things instead of this open sort of learning about here's a problem I see in my community, or here's a way I see that these sorts of learning experiences can be used in my life, and bringing those to the table and actually showcasing that, developing the creativity within that, because from Creativity, I, I, I believe that innovation, the birthplace of innovation, is with creativity. We can't have true innovation without having some sort of creativity. So do you feel like our classrooms are, are sort of desperate or, or need the creativity? Very much, very much. I see students that when given opportunities to be creative, they blossom, right? It's kind of like the fireworks. They go off and it's this, this wow factor. And they inspire not only me, but I think their teachers in the things that they can do. And we, we I think, have traditionally said, oh, well, students, we're, here's the bar, come here. 
versus here's the bar, let's have you create what you want and it will explode. And I see the students of Aurora Public Schools as seeking that more and more mm. and, and wanting that. And when those, those opportunities come, it's incredible learning, not only for the students, but also for the educators and ourselves as leaders. So what do you think that we can do based upon your own role, uh, based upon sort of the, the work that we're doing to support teachers and, and leaders in APS, what do you think we should be doing to encourage that creativity, to encourage relevant and engaging experiences in the classroom? I think the first place we can start is by looking at ourselves and how are we continuing to promote creativity within ourselves mm. and within our work. And then taking that and modeling it and providing opportunities for teachers to be creative, giving them, for example, if we're asking a teacher to go and teach a class based on standards, that is, it provides creativity opportunities for students to bring in examples from their life or to make connections in their life. Let's do the same thing in teacher development. Instead of we're showing a bunch of slides or we're having them work on this activity, let's open it up. Let's maybe use some design or project-based learning principles and allow them the opportunity to bring in their personal experience, their personal knowledge. Yeah. And kind of collaborate and go with it and see where it ends up. It's going to be messy, right? But messiness is where I think true innovation comes from. Messiness is where true innovation comes from. I like that a lot. So my last question in here are around what are the questions that you have that are really lingering for you? Um, you know, we've answered a couple of different ones here, but what is still lingering? What questions do you find yourself asking other than the one that you just answered? Um, my, my biggest question is how do we develop teachers in that way and how can we provide opportunities for them? We know that a lot of teachers come out of teacher prep programs into new teaching roles with an already set sort of or a mindset of this is how teaching is, this is what it looks like, maybe they've done some student teaching. I'm wondering how we can break that cycle, mm -hmm. how we can kind of just say you know, all of that is great. Keep that with you if you want to use it. Perfect. But here's some other things to be thinking about. And yeah. we're gonna we're gonna pull you outside the box for a minute and kind of set you into a, a different place hmm. um, and allow you to be creative. Um, I also wonder if that's a common vision for our district. I think that that's an important piece that we're all in the same boat, right? And that we're saying, okay. We're sailing in this direction because if all of a sudden we're sailing in different directions, that's going to be much harder to achieve. And I think I know that schools and educators constantly get different messages from different people. Right. And so having that common vision and message to educators of we're willing to develop you and we're willing to allow you to be innovative, share with us your practices of innovation. Because I don't think any of us have it figured out. We're all learning together. And I think being in that space of saying, you know, I might be a director, or I might be your principal, or I might be your coach, but I am wanting to learn from you just as much as you're going to learn from me. I tried to have that mentality in the classroom with my students. I always would say the first day, you know, I taught secondary math and they come in intimidated right off the bat. I said, I'm going to learn as much from you this year as you're going to learn from me. And I might be able to teach you something about math, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to teach me something about math as well that I don't know. Mm. You know? And I think with that sort of mindset and mentality, um, us all learning together, there's going to be some incredible growth that can happen. It's really great.
Thank you so much. Man. Yeah.